Yeah, keep it in prayer and let's begin to prepare to return. That's my word this morning. Returning. Um, returning. Returning back. Um, as LFC, some of you are not in London Family Centre, we did four weeks of an end times update. Very important because things are changing so rapidly. And during that time, if you remember, we looked at the prophetic situation in the world at the moment. When the Bible talks about end times, it refers to end times in different ways. It's referred to as the last days. It's re referred to as end times. And in several places, it's called the final hour. Behold, the final hour has come. And in that series, we just, we said, if we, if we said that Israel was the little hand on the 12, you know, Jesus gave two specific warnings when they asked him, how will we know that the end of the world is near? And he gave two big, big signs. Israel will be in their homeland. They'll be back in Israel. They won't be scattered all over the earth. And the second one was the gospel will have traveled right here. We are in the last hour. The gospel will have traveled right around the world. And when those two things are, are, are finalized, you can be sure that the end is at hand. The end is right upon us. And you need to prepare differently than you have been. You need to, you know, wake up. <laughs> wake up, Cole. Uh, I, was, I was at a train station. I can't remember where. Years and years ago. And I was just ready to get on a train. The doors were still open. And I was talking to my friend. And I looked at the clock. And the, like the train was leaving at 9.30. But it's only like 9.28. I've got time. So I continued talking to my friend. Plenty of time, huh? And then, all of a sudden, guess what I heard? <coughs> I thought, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Hang on a bit, bit, bit early, aren't we? Bit prompt there. And then, <coughs> so I jumped on the train and I carried on talking to my friend and then beep, 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 beep. And the doors closed. I'm looking at my my watch well it's early it's early what's the story with this and when i sat down in my seat i remember there was a sticker on the seat in front of me and the sticker said you need to be aware that our trains leave the station two minutes before this stated time and as i've traveled over the years I've realized that that's true of many train services. They do leave early. The other time I encountered that same problem was in the States. I was at my gate. My, my plane was quite a, a time away. But the, the plane at the next gate is gone. And this man comes running up and he can't believe it. So he's screaming at the woman, what do you mean my plane is gone? It, it, it's it's 3.30. My ticket says 4 o'clock. It can't be gone. And the woman said, sir, your ticket says you need to be at the gate at least 30 minutes early. That's what your ticket says. Airlines reserve the right to leave. If they... Actually, I was researching this yesterday. I found that a ton of complaints online for airlines, for trains, etc. But no matter where I looked, the fact is airlines reserve the right to leave early. And trains most commonly do. 
The reason I mention that is because it's so, it, 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 it reminds me of Jesus when he's talking about the second coming of Christ and the rapture. People weren't ready. They're not ready. They're not ready. They're lackadaisical. Do you know what they, do you know what many people say? I'm going to be on time. Well, if you're on time for the train, let's say 9.30, you're going to miss the train, actually, because the train's, the door is shut early. You need to be early. I've got good habits and bad habits. Quiet. I've got good habits and bad habits. And one of my good habits, I'm always early. I can't help myself. Can't help myself. I'm always early. And that is a good habit. Because so many things can go wrong. And I believe scripture and a lot of the parables, they're not just about the end times. They're actually about the final hour. And a lot of the parables are not just about the final hour, but they're about the final minutes and the fact that nobody's paying attention. Oh, we'll be on time. We'll be fine. Just relax. Huh? Don't panic. What's wrong? The parable of the banquet. Here we're all the food. And I was saying to Mary's this week, right. We've got some friends beside us. They're Spanish. John and Alba. And we're quite close to them, if you like. I said, Mary's, if you prepared a Spanish buffet and you invited John and Alba, right, and everything's ready and it's like getting very close to the time and five minutes before they're due to arrive, John rings and says, ah, do you know what? We, we changed our mind. We're actually not coming. We've gone somewhere else. We're not coming today. What would you do? I know what you'd do. I said, you would go next door to Beverly. We don't really know Beverly. I mean, we know John and Alba. They're friends of ours. They've been with us for ages. Maybe or even over familiar. And they don't want to come, huh? So you know what we'll do? We'll go and get anybody. <laughs> you want some food? Come on in. I tell you what, you sacrificed to produce this meal. You have been buying food. You have sacrificed your time. You have cooked. And this sacrifice will not be treated like that. This sacrifice will be honored by someone. So if you don't want it, believe me, there are plenty of people who do. So go out and bring them in. And this meal will be finished. The parable of the banquet, the thief on the cross, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. It's about the last hour. And at the eleventh hour, he went out again and found the people endlessly distracted. Friends, I do believe it's the final hour. I do. <clears throat> Not just end times, which is a bigger, much bigger picture. But we're coming to the end of the end. <coughs> Excuse me. I was in a pastor's meeting yesterday. <coughs> and, and many of the pastors around the world, they're all starting to come back. They're all starting to get ready to come back. And we were talking about the building, you know? The building! The building, 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 the building. Are you back in your building? How's the building? Is the building ready? Coming back, it's like it's all about the building, huh? 
I do not want to prepare you this morning to come back into the building. I want to prepare you to come back to your father. And to come back to God. And I believe there are many, many who won't even come back. But there are many who are going to come back and maybe lockdown has not done its work. The wilderness did not succeed. That's what happened the first wilderness, right? In Exodus. Many of them, it did not do its work. When, when you look back at the beginning of lockdown, we were not ready. I don't know any church, no church. VFC Singapore is a very switched on church, but they weren't even ready. You know, it took them at least six months just to get you know, the basics together. And for most churches, it took about a year for them to get their act together. We weren't ready for entering lockdown. So what makes you think that you're ready for leaving it? You weren't ready for entering lockdown. I wasn't ready. The churches weren't ready. Christians weren't ready. Because we've never been here before. It was new. And that caused great delays. Some wasted time, maybe. So what makes you think that you're ready to leave it then? We can't be presumptuous on these things or we're going to make the same mistake in a different way. So I want to get ready to leave lockdown. A good picture of this is in the wilderness. Whenever, if you like, the Old Testament is a bit like Egypt. The wilderness it's a bit like the New Testament, like you and me, right up until today, from the book of Acts till today. That's like the wilderness. We're in the world, but we're not off the world. We're wandering on this earth, as the book of Hebrews says. And then the River Jordan, the promised land. We're getting ready to enter heaven. We're getting ready to cross over into heaven. But look at the confusion around the, the, the River Jordan, when it came to the point of crossover. Many were not ready. I tell you what, friends. Some people fall away in the beginning of their Christian life. Some people fall away in the middle of their Christian life. And as unbelievable as it might sound, some people fall away at the end, in the last hour. That's what happened, you know, Reuben Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they wanted to go back, even though they could go forward. What's the mentality there? Pilgrim's Progress, remember, uh, Christian and companion, they travel all their lives together to ride right on the Jordan, right at the gates of heaven. And then companion says, I'm going back. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I want you to prepare yourself for coming out of lockdown, absolutely. But I don't want you to return to the, to, to the building first. I want you to return to the Father with all your heart. And so when you walk back in this building, it's largely irrelevant, I mean physically. The second thing I want to say about returning this morning, every generation, thank God for this, every generation has a wake-up call. You know that? If you look back on history, you will see something affecting the generations. Well, God in his mercy gives you a good shake. But the response of people to the wake-up call is most often temporary. You know that? It's a fact. Noah was a wake-up call to his generation. Jonah 
was a wake-up call to his generation. 9-11. That's a wake-up call. 2020. That's a wake-up call. God couldn't make it more clear. We need to get ready for Christ. And we need to be early. I have upset a lot of people when I travel. You know that? <laughs> when I travel, I don't mean to upset people, but people get angry with me when I travel. I always travel alone, even when I travel in groups. I always travel alone, even when I travel in groups. Because I like to be early. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Say I'm sitting in an airport in Starbucks and we're, you know, it's not time to go to the gate yet. So we're all, I'm sitting with six pastors, say, and we're going to a conference and we're all nice and chillaxed having our macchiato. And then, bing bong, would all passengers traveling to Singapore and flight, blah, 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 please go to gate 36. Do you know what I do? I start to pack up my stuff. I start to get my bag. There's always someone who said, Mike, you don't need to go yet. Anybody want more coffee? What will you have? Okay, got it, got it. Mike, sit down, sit down. Oh, bless him. Bless him. So naive, he doesn't really understand this system yet. Mike, sit down. So I keep walking, you see. I say, I'll see you at the gate, guys. I don't know why people are angry with that. Or if I'm staying with a family. They say, what time's your flight in the morning, Pastor? I say, 12 o'clock. Okay, we'll leave at 11.45. I say, and no, we'll be leaving at 10 o'clock. Now, we can do this two ways. You can take me at 10 o'clock or I can get a taxi. So, I will be leaving at 10 o'clock. If you graciously want to take me, I'm very grateful. But trust me, I will be leaving this house at 10 o'clock by one means or another. Because you, my friend, will not make me late. There's some things, I tell you, if I'm that serious on travel, because I'm not going to get stuck somewhere for another two days waiting on a flight. If I'm that serious with travel, how more serious about the second coming of Christ? When you pastor churches, many families arrive angry on Sunday. Many. And do you know why? Because the husband makes the wife late. Or the wife makes the husband late. You know? You made me late. I wanted to be early. Look at Lot's wife. Judgment was coming. And Lot is running for his life getting out. What does she say? Oh, I want to go back. Yeah, I forgot my charger. Hang on. Just wait. Wait a minute. Be with you in a minute. And Lot doesn't let someone else cause him to be late. <coughs> you see, guys, I'm telling you, when I'm sitting at the airport... And people are so cocky. Oh, you don't need to listen to the call. You don't need to listen to the guys telling you that you need to go to the gate. Do you know what that is? That is ungodly confidence. That's what that is. That's, that's self-confidence. That's being overconfident in your experiences, which are very limited. You need to go to the gate when you're told to go to the gate. That's when you need to go to the gate. You just need to obey the system and then you're not going to have problems. And my point is, Jesus, nowhere do I see Jesus tell us to be on time for the rapture or the second coming. Early, 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 early. And if you think people will be happy with you for being early, no, that's not my experience. 
Not at all. They're going to be late and they want to drag you with them to be late also. And that's not something I personally will tolerate, never mind in life, but certainly regarding the end times and the final hour. The third thing I would say about coming back to the Father rather than coming back to church is that I need to answer the questions that have been asked of me in 2020 <coughs> and 2021. In 2018 and in 2019, I would have asked you, how much are you in church? How much are you in church? But in 2020, I'm asking you, how much of the church is in you? How much of God has been established in you? That's the purpose of the wilderness, right? Not how often you go, but how much of God is in you. We do marriage counseling nearly every week in some country or with some people. Have you got any idea the number of husbands who want me to be the husband? Or the number of wives who want me to be the husband? In some cases, both the husband and the wife want me to be the husband or whatever it is. That is incredibly common. I cannot do that. I cannot do that. Do you know the number of parents who want the church to look after their kids? We will look after your kids. We will love your children and guide them as best we can. But we're not the parents. We're not the parents. In 2019, I would have asked, how much are you in church? In 2020, how much of the church is in you? Have you become that father? Have you become that husband? And have you taken the steps and made the changes? I, I am sad to say, one of my fears, and please hear me on this, guys. I think this is important. One of my fears is when you put people in their homes in front of a screen. We need to be very careful that we don't get an entertainment on Sunday mentality. Now, LFC has not gone that direction. Thank God for that. You've been fantastic, wonderful. But around the world, in different churches I work with, I do see that entertainment can take over very quickly very very quickly years ago i got a phone call from a pastor he's asking me a favor he said we have an elderly couple and they want to go and see benny hinn and would you take them to see benny hinn in manchester in the arena i said yes yeah, sure i'll take them no problem so i go and i pick up this couple and when they come out to get in my car each of them have a little bag you see so they come and they sit in my car and we go to the arena and we get our seats and I got the wife here and the husband here and they're both sitting with the little bags on their seats and we're, the worship goes on and then the man in the white suit comes out kind of thing and off we go he starts preaching so would you all turn to whatever that was the cue as soon as Benny Hinn started preaching time to open the bags so I was fascinated here we go I couldn't believe my eyes you got popcorn have you got your sandwiches dear got my sandwiches got my Mars bar here yeah that's for the altar call that's for the end yeah I got all my bits here got my sandwiches so I'm sitting there I, I, I could not believe 
what was happening on my left and on my right in the midst of this. And that couple, that dear couple, they were lovely, but they sat like they were at the movies, completely and utterly, it was a time of entertainment. There's no other word for it. Sunday had become movie time. Let's not do that. Hallelujah. Let's not do that. I know we've been on Zoom for a year, more than a year, but let's not make it entertainment or turning up and then switching off. Absolutely not. I want us to return to the Father before we return to the building. It's a fact. Many people want the blessings that go with being close to God. But they don't want to pay the price for being close to God. They want the privileges of being close with God. But they don't want the responsibility of being close to God. It's costly to being close to God. And it's worth paying that price. You can't have the privileges if you don't accept the responsibilities. You can't have the blessing. The blessing will be removed. If you don't walk closely, this was what this was Saul's problem. Remember King Saul when Samuel came and said, God is displeased with you, you will be removed as king. Remember the shocking answer from Saul. Oh, please keep me as an elder amongst the people. Let me be seen and honored. He wanted the possession, but he did not want to walk the walk. And that is a bad situation. That is not a good heart disposition. I want you to think with me this morning and act with me this morning and return to the Father. You can only get back the stuff you lost, you know, in lockdown, if you lost anything. You can only get back the stuff you lost if you return to the Father, the Father of all blessing. If you're in a company and they have health benefits or whatever, if you leave the company, guess what? <laughs> You've lost the benefits of the company. If you leave, you move on. You can ring them up and say, you don't work for us anymore. You left us. So it is with the kingdom. We were talking this week. I love the parable of the prodigal son. But it's often, it's taught wrongly, I tell you. It seems simple, but it is not simple. It's not a simple parable at all. I hear many pastors preaching on the prodigal son. Do you know when the prodigal son came back, everything was restored to him? Not true. Not true. Yes, yes, when the prodigal son returned, he got everything back. No, he did not. He said to the father, give me half of my inheritance. You know, give me my inheritance. So the father divides the inheritance, gives the prodigal son 50%. And off he goes and he wastes that money, right? Then the prodigal comes back and the elder brother is angry and goes outside. And the father goes to the elder brother and the father says this. Why are you angry? Everything I have is yours not 50% your brother took 50% and he's wasted it now everything I have is yours it's all yours so no the prodigal did not get back the prodigal son did not go back 
to get his inheritance back. The prodigal son went back to his father. Hello. Please. He went back to the father. The prodigal son said this. I will arise and I will go back to my father. And I will say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer to be, uh, worthy to be called your son. So he got up and went back to his father. And as we prepare, you and I prepare to come back to church. I want to challenge you, friends. I don't, want you, I don't want you to come back in this building so you can do your thing. So you can lead the worship. So you can do whatever it is you do. Don't you dare come back for ministry. Come back for the Father. I don't want you to come back for fellowship. I can't wait to see. Good, fine, no problem. But you do what the prodigal son did. And even if there was no one in this building, I'm going back. Not because I get recognition. Not because I get to do my thing again. Not because I get to see everybody again. As great as that is. I'm going back to the Father. Another thing you hear people say when they <coughs> talk about the prodigal son. There was one son and he was a long way off. <laughs> no. No. Both brothers were a long way off. One of the brothers was geographically a long way off. But the elder brother was a long way off spiritually. He was religious. Totally religious and legalistic. They were both far away. They both had to return. And by the way, it needs to be said, God cannot and will not join you in the pig pen. The prodigal son was in a pigsty. God cannot and he will not join you in that pigsty. No, sir, that's not going to happen. You need to come back to the father. And that is the, the, that's the, the point of the story. The father wants you back. Take a closer look at your ticket, your Bible. And if you look, if you open that up, you're going to find that that Bible, when you get saved, if you do wander off, if perchance this morning you find yourself a little bit more distant from God than you should be, your ticket, excuse my term, it's an open return. And you can come back now. That's the good and glorious nature of a God in whom there is no pride. Even though you turn your back on him a thousand times. Come, come, come. You can come back today. I want us to come back to the Father. Before we come back to the building. Many, many scriptures call us in this. And Zechariah, return to me, declares the Lord, and I will return to you. Nehemiah, if you keep my commandments and return to me, I will gather you together again and you will no longer be scattered. 
Job, if you return to the Lord God Almighty, you will be restored. Hosea, come, let us return to the Lord. For even though he has torn us, he will bandage us. He will heal our wounds. Jeremiah, by the way, we're going through generation after generation. Jeremiah, return, O faithful sons, declares the Lord, for I will restore you. Isaiah, let the wicked man forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let them all return to the Lord. On and on in every generation, God calls his people back. Come, let us return to the Lord. Come, let us return to the Lord. I'm going to finish this morning with a passenger announcement. Would all passengers intending to go to heaven please return to the Father. All passengers intending to go to heaven, could you please return to the Father? <whistles> last call. This is a last call for all passengers intending to go to heaven could you please return to the father now the gate is closing remember titanic is there anybody out there No one left. Father, I pray that in every home and every family, I thank you for church. And we thank you here personally for LFC and the family, the beautiful family that you've given us here. <coughs> we can't wait to get back in these doors. And you told Joshua to lift up the ark and tell the people to look at the ark. And that's you. And today we lift up our eyes like the prodigal son. Not for what we get when we return. But to embrace our father again. And forgive us if in the past we were closer to you than we perhaps are today. And we take this moment to come back. And to come back early. To reject the mockery and the laughter. And we make a decision this morning. We, personal, it's a personal decision. I am going to be early. And I will arise and go back to my father. Thank you, Emma. <laughs>